the opinion, say it, but realize, you know, read the room, pay attention. You know, you got to fail to succeed eventually. So do what you can, but don't ever be a bully. If you're going into a set with a bully mentality, then what's the point here? Yeah, I agree. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Mara podcast. And tonight we have a really awesome guest. His name is Neil Wood and he's from Philly. He's a comedian that has performed shows all over the tri-state area, more notably at the Basement Comedy Club in Norwalk, Connecticut, and the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, Jersey. Uh, Neil is also the co-founder of Drop Tent Media Network, uh, maybe also known as DT Network. I see that. Sure. Uh, which is a consortium of comedians and creatives who provide podcasts and live events all throughout the tri-state area. Neil is also a co-host on two podcasts, and one of them is Nerds with Words, and the other one is the Magic Misery Tour. And I guess the Magic Misery Tour is that kind of like Beatlesque, like the Magic. It is Misery. very much. Is, is that a Magic yes. Beatlesque? It um, is. All right, and so tonight I am going to pick Neil's brain about what is it like to be a comedian, you know, the life of the comedian, because I don't personally know any except him and sure. his friend Adam, so we'll see what's the life like. So thank Compatriot. you very much. Yes. <laughs> thank Thanks, you Neil. for having me. I appreciate yes, it. Thank you very much. And so let's just get right into it. How did you become a comedian? Oh, I think uh, I was just like doing... I was just doing faces when I was younger. Always very silly kid. Always very, very silly. Chubby. I was a chubby kid. I think a lot of comedy, you hear comics talk about that all the time. It usually comes from some kind of strife. Right. I think it comes from something. You did something probably when you were younger that didn't. Um, apparently, I was the quiet kid, which mm -hmm. is different now because now I'm just like a yelling weirdo who does like different and just kind of like, you know, just, just doing weird stuff all the time. But um and that was really it. And then my, I used to get beat up by my nephew, which is a very weird thing that people yeah. know about me. My nephew was only um, uh, 19 months younger than me, but he was like super ADHD. So I was a, like a very quiet kid who then got beat up from a younger kid. It was very strange in my house. But uh, so all that stuff, comedy then, um, see, got out of college, always wanted to do comedy all through college, but I knew it was going to distract me. So I just got done college and then immediately started. And that was like... Geez, six years ago now, I think, something like that. And uh, yeah, now I get to go around. Well, not so much go around right now, but <laughs> um, try to get out there and, and make people laugh. That was really it. That's cool. Since you said that you started with phases, are you doing impressions? Are you doing more physical oh, comedy? It, what kind of comedy are you I doing? Think, I think it can't. I would say that a lot of my early stuff and until now is probably like short, really silly kind of turns and jokes and quick. I was always a fan of like Rodney Dangerfield, but I also was a huge fan of, um, uh, you know, like Jim Carrey as well. So I kind of have this weird amalgamation of that, I think, mm -hmm. or try to. I think it takes a long time to find any of that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so, yeah, just abject silliness is kind of my thing, you know, uh, um, simple, simple jokes. I used to do a silly joke about cat impressions like that. Again, this is the kind of silliness that like mm -hmm. hopefully gets across to a lot of people of like, meow, 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 meow. like that's a cat impression, right? You make mm -hmm. up silly, fun stuff that you get to kind of do. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's where, I think it's where it came, just kind of a combination of that. And, uh, uh, but yeah, but I think now it's going to be like more stories, kind of get into some stories and talk about that. But, um, yeah, I think I started out that way. Uh, definitely a shorter form. 
if I had to say something. What was it like doing your very first comedy gig? Can you remember that? Again, yeah, it actually went well, which is cool. what happened, which was is cool. Sometimes it's always not good <laughs> when sometimes it's really bad. If it goes well your first time, a lot of times if you talk to comedy, like, and then the next time they do it, it's just crickets, you know, someone coughed and then told you to get off stage or something like that. Like, you, you, <laughs> so it's like, you know, sometimes you have that. I went to, uh, I drove to New York City um, with a friend and just picked like an open mic and just went to it. Just kind of like, I'm just getting this out of my system because people had built up. I listened to so much comedy, so many stand-ups talk about comedy up to that point. I was just like, all right, let's just, this is going to be like tearing off a Band-Aid. Let's just, let's just go in there. And, you know, um, so it wasn't bad. Like, again, very, very, I was like, oh, I got some laughs, which is great. And then you go through the grueling, like, first year of like, I don't even know what existence is uh, mm -hmm. anymore. Wow. Um uh, or what is funny. So yeah, then you do that. But that was my first one ever. So it wasn't too bad. Got lucky. How do you write your jokes? I mean, is it just something that comes to you and you write it down? Or do you actually sit there and try to think out about, you know, I actually, I'm definitely more of a, I have to talk it out. That's mm -hmm. something, um, unless I'm, I'm spurred on by topics and things like that. So I definitely, I get into, uh, just some topic based stuff of like, I want to write about this, but then I will have to like a crazy person. Like I, that's actually some of the silly books I read, like when starting comedy, um, just like go into a room and talk to myself like a crazy oh. person and, and see what's funny and then go into the mirror, do some funny things in the mirror and just go from there. Really. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I read a book, I think it was like comedy writing secrets. I found it fascinating that there was like seven types of jokes basically. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you can even pick up someone's personality by the type of jokes that they laughed at. Is that real for I, you? Yeah. Um, I would probably say so. I think I'm, I mean, maybe not for me, but I definitely detect that in other comics. Yes. Like you can definitely tell that. I think I'm more prone to a, a little bit of the silliness a lot of the time. So I definitely respect um, uh, comics that can deal with silliness, even in, in very serious stories, like make them objectively silly and have that kind of fun with it. So I definitely probably laugh at that kind of stuff more so um, or turns of phrases that are silly. Again, quick turns. I really love punches like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know if, but you're right that, yeah, like it fits into those frames. Like you see like those kinds of jokes and how people stack them together. It can tell you a ton about that person just by the type of jokes that they tell, like dry or their combination of dry with like up and down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I really find that interesting. I do find that in some comics. Do you come up with like a repertoire, you know, like a band will have a set list and you're going to, you know, if you go see, I don't know, whatever band, I don't care what it is. They're going to say, sure. you know, they have their set list of like the 10 songs are going to play and they're going to practice them over and over and over for this tour. And that's what you're going to get. Right. right. So do you have like a set list like that? You know, I have yeah. these 10 jokes that I'm going to tell, or if I'm all slotted five minutes, then it's probably two or three jokes. And then you do that for like six months to a year. And then you come up with a new right. set list. Is that how it works or what? It's, I think in my, in, in talking with other comics throughout Philly and New York and, and New Jersey, uh, it, it's definitely a little different for everybody. Um, I would say that I pick out, sometimes I have a lot of material and some people go by the method of like, I'm going to work on this for the foreseeable time until it's tight and then use that. Um, 
that's good. I think a lot of times it can, uh, it can really stifle a lot of other creativity. So I typically end up throwing a lot at the wall early on and leaving tons of notes for myself, other jokes and things like that. And what I'll do is, um, a lot of comics, you can read this in like any book and find out from other comics is you hammock your set. You know, so you probably do some jokes that you already know. So you'd be doing some songs you're experienced with, right? We've seen it doing bands. I'm going to do some covers. I'm going to put some originals in the middle and then I'm going to do some more covers. Right. So it's just kind of a safe way for any even starting comic. Somebody wants to you know, get into that to be like, this is how this kind of works. Because you know something's funny. You get the crowd, you know, they, they get you. You try something, maybe it doesn't work. Then you get back to stuff that's funny. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, yeah, that's, so that's definitely, I think that's the best way for people to do it. Right. Uh, that makes sense. I always felt like when you watch a comic, it looks so, you know, I don't go to a lot of comedy clubs. I only see like the pros on TV or, sure. you know, um, but I feel like they have rehearsed their material so much. The person never watches it, but they've rehearsed it so perfectly. They've done it like probably a thousand times that sure. by the time you get to see him as a crowd, it looks like, you know, He's just winging it and making it up as he goes, but it's just, you know, it's so smooth and so perfect. Is that true? And, or do you practice your material over and over and over again to get it perfect? Or do you just wing sure. it anyways when you go on stage? Yeah, no, we all do. We, I, I think, I mean, any comic worth his salt, I think is going to admit uh, for a very, very small, slim minority would say that like, and I could tell you like, Oh, I'm like an improv comic like something like that where they're not even doing improv they will go up and try to improv um use crowd work techniques use things like that and try to riff off the crowd um big j ogerson is an example of a comedian who for a long time now has just been going crowd work before that being stories interesting comic to look up um but uh i would say that i i would definitely tend to rehearse a set that I know that I'm working on for like a gig and, and something that I'm doing. Um, also wanting to add into things going back to the hammock thing is of course I'm rehearsing a set. Mm -hmm. I'm also though adding things to the set. I'm going back, I'm writing new things. I'm putting those new things maybe in the middle or adding those jokes in the middle or putting that whole joke in the middle. If I know that I've changed a piece of it mm -hmm. and want to put it in the middle, um, you know, just to try it out that way. So it, it kind of comes down to, I think to your question, it's a great question of, of a, yeah, maybe your first six months you get maybe three jokes that are good, right? Okay, <laughs> maybe yeah. Three jokes that you know that are, that actually work. That's actually pretty decent. Right. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of times it might just be like, I'm going to do that first joke. I'm going to try the second joke that I do know. I'm going to put some stuff in there and then end on my third joke. That's the jokes I have, but I'm going to put all the stuff in the middle that I'm trying out. And that's really just how you build. It's mm -hmm. just build into chunks and then gather those together. Obviously, the best, uh, the best comics, ex not ex excluding me, I should say, uh, the best comics in the world are great at doing those through lines, doing the things that connect, the connective tissue, and uh, callbacks and things like that. But um, and doing it to your point very elegantly and very, you know, easy breezy, beautiful color girl. You know, here's a kind of I think an interesting thing to think about is while you're telling the joke and the crowd is laughing. I mean, are you? sometimes very analytical and you're thinking while the crowd's laughing okay okay they're laughing i'm gonna wait until i hit him with the next one or give him a few seconds to to laugh i mean you know it's kind of like i guess maybe even thinking when you're in a sport or whatever you're doing is that you have a lot of thought processes going on during yeah, it yeah i think so i i think it's the biggest difference between the the small amounts of like i mean i play a couple of musical instruments and haven't played live and played in some bands like the probably the biggest difference is the like 
the omnipresent that if you can get into to be that present where you can, um, if something works differently or you catch something in a crowd, um, cause off the cuff lines are, are fun to riff on, especially if you see them and they're fun. So that's probably the biggest difference is like, you know, um, in the same way that like, I guess Jimi Hendrix would riff off of a thing, you know, again, change up some complete different kind of riff of, but now you see musicians like down to the letter. This is how we play it. You don't see that in comedy comics will, often go off track and riff in the moment. And that's the present kind of stuff that is not always, it's hard to get into sometimes, but once you get into that kind of state of mind, you can be very analytical and you can very, you can move things around and feel that way and you feel control. Um, but that takes a long time to get to. It's a, yeah, that's kind of like the biggest havoc, the scariest part, <laughs> which makes you have a couple drinks between, <laughs> which makes you have kind of like, maybe I got to ease out, just calm down. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's tough. Speaking of drinks, do you feel that most comics have to have a few drinks or smoke a joint oh, or something before they are able to go to loosen up to go on stage? I've never been a comic who has ever committed any like I don't like any hindrance. And by saying that, I mean like if you if you think you need something to be funny, that's already a problem. That's probably not great because that's not, you're not working on. So I don't, I'm not saying that, of course, I'll have a beer or something for you if I want to. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just, I, I just, but if you are doing something to make you funny and that's your only presence of mind, that's probably bad. Now, if you're just doing something to, I guess, loosen yourself up or take over stage fright, that can be a slippery slope. I feel like a lot of comics, I've definitely seen a comic or two like hammered at just like even a gig or even an open mic. Like it's not great. <laughs> so I would advise like, you know, Take it slow. If those problems are already there, that's why I think comedy is what um, they would put. What that's one psychologist in California. She actually is above the comedy store. I think mm -hmm. where a lot of comics tend up to use <laughs> psychologists or psychotherapy. So um, yeah, I would wouldn't say it's the greatest idea, but you know, take it slow. Mm. Take it slow. It seems like from what I've seen, it's a common theme that a lot of comics are depressed. Is that? Mm. Do you feel like that's true since you're in the business? Yeah, I would put I don't I don't know if I like to use the big D word. I feel like some comics they go straight to depression. Now that I know tons of comics that are what I like clinically depressed when they right. talk about like they take something for it. The people who are just like bummed out about life, it's like, yeah, man, I mean, this is why we're here to make each other laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like is this so don't like play that up. It's kinda like, yeah, it's why we're telling cat jokes here. Just gotta be be silly, have fun, but like I never want to use, like, I wouldn't call myself someone who's clinically depressed. I definitely have some ice cream days, as I call them. But, uh, you know, that's you get through them. So, um, but yes, I would say that whatever those through lines are, I think it's, uh, what is it usually? It's usually attention, depression, and uh, uh, obsession a lot of the time are, like, big three for tons of comics. Mm, uh, or people get, get into comedy in the long term. Well, that's interesting. I never I thought about that, adding obsession and attention. Sure. You're either obsessed with attention, right? <laughs> or obsession. And also a lot of comics do have obsessive kind of tendencies, whether um, narcissistic wise or analytical wise. Me, myself, definitely a little cleaner of the dude. Try to be barely analytical sometimes. Not great. <laughs> at what point did you realize, hey, man, I'm pretty good at this. I can, you know, make a go at this. Hasn't happened yet. Oh, now, <laughs> no, um, I, I I think, yeah, I've never, um, 
it always just happens. I think just keep a head on your shoulders. I always, for me, it was just like incremental. It's like, wow. Okay, cool. Now eventually you should start, like you should always ask for your worth. I come from a little bit of an art background. So mm-hmm. I was always like, yeah, you should get paid for your, <laughs> your services and paid mm-hmm. fairly well, depending on the level that you're at. And as you go up and mm-hmm. that's how that should go. But, um, you know, it's not going to be for some folks. Sometimes it's two years in and you find like, oh yeah, I kind of have a good set and I have a good thing going. So that's great. And the crowd and other comedians will tell you that and that'll just guide you through. Um, sometimes it happens later. That's mm-hmm. the way it goes. And mm-hmm. I think for me, probably somewhere in there, I got like, ah, am I not bad, not bad. But now if I were to tell you like, am I going to say, oh yeah, I got this. No problem. No, just kind of, hey, come do this gig. Let's have fun with it. Here's, mm-hmm. you know, here's money. And that's how it goes. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it flows. Well, that's cool. Mm. Are you able to do it full time as a job at this point? I never went full time. As of right now, I've not, especially now. Jeez, I had a couple things happen in life as life happens. You know, I was uh, I was going um, surgery, army, kind of crazy things. You know, different stuff. Um, two jobs. You know, so there was, and then this. So it's been no, it hasn't been full time ever. Mm. Um, uh, but I've I've definitely been uh, uh, you know paid for for tons of gigs in different mm-hmm. states and, and go off i would love to you know mm-hmm. um but i don't know how the future of comedy is gonna look at the present moment i think we're gonna have to move on to online and figure all that stuff out now right. so yeah it's kind of weird do you want to do it full time if you could oh absolutely yeah, yeah yeah absolutely my only which is a low dream i've had other comics say that's such a low dream that i had apparently I, my whole goal was just being a road comic which you can just do if you want to be basically on a shoestring budget <laughs> you can just get in a car and go wow i guess if i had the courage yeah doug stanhope i mean my um mike Berbiglia, uh famously just was like got in a car and left and just bought his parents car and just went um i yeah i mean if probably i would have loved to probably have done that i think um I don't know how, I think there was a little bit of parent guilt or something like that where I was kind of like, eh, and I, I got high right out of college. So I kind of was like, hey, let's see where this goes. But um, I would definitely, that, my whole thing was just road. I didn't, I, if you're going into comedy to be famous, that's kind of a silly thing. I was always just like, I'd love to travel, meet people, and do comedy. Those were the three things that my goals were. <laughs> how hard is it to get like an, like a gig like as an opening act for somebody um, to go on the road like that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, only my, I only have the experience in Philadelphia. I have been to Savannah, Georgia, um, Atlanta to do stuff. Um, and really I would have to say it just depends on where you are a lot of the time. And also, you know, again, all the credits you're writing, you're hard at, you know, you're, you're working at this showing that you're working at it, of course. Um, but it really does depend on sometimes on just like kind of where you are. So it can be tough. It can be very tough, especially, uh, if it's, you know, if you have a ton of competition in where you are, yeah, it might be hard to get seen and it takes a long time. So um, I would tell people to just work at being funny. If you're objectively funny, if you're just funny and work on that, then maybe you find someplace else that somehow gives you access to something else. Then that's great. Like, you know, but don't harp on yourself or get too crazy into your head about like, oh, no, the world won't give me what I want. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, you got to just go out there and try to get it. So, um, but opening acts is a great intro. You're right. That's where, I mean, a lot of times in here where we are, I would say that a lot of opening stuff is we have two clubs that would kind of work that way. So that's kind of a great way to get in and get into maybe an opening act that way. Hmm. That's kind of what we do here. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. In, in yeah. Philly. You said, you said Philly almost Philly. too perfectly. Fully. 
Oh, that's the dude. accent. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to oh, say it. No, no, you don't have to. I'm just, you said it correctly. Oh. But I love, oh, yeah, you got to throw the fully. That's, we say it terrible. I'm also oh. from New Jersey originally, oh. so my, I have trash mouth. It's real oh. bad. So if I mispronounce something, just correct oh, it's me. It's okay. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I, I just, I went to college with a guy from Philly. Um, where was he from? I don't know. I can't remember. From Delco? Was he from Delco? Was he he from was Philly? from somewhere, you know, somewhere. Well, Philly's somewhere, large, some too. Sur- some suburb of Philly. And some suburb. That's, could like be, that's this, all of New Jersey. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> a hardcore Philly guy that loves Damn. fighting Phils, Philadelphia that's cool. Eagles. He's just everything nice. Philly sports, you know. Oh yeah, they tend to be passionate down here. Yeah. Let me catch a question here. So, yeah, sure. are you a fan of Charlie Chaplin's? Did you do physical stuff? And right. ooh, yeah. I have seen some Charlie stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's probably nerd. I would probably get flack for this from like, but I was so interested in comedy. I was a comedy nerd. I mean, if mm-hmm. I mean, we don't talk about it on the podcast because mm-hmm. we're all you know, a lot of our friends are already in comedy. But mm-hmm. if there's one thing I have to be a nerd in, it would be comedy just of how much i usually take in i still keep up with um uh everybody you know now i would usually try to get to the clubs as much as i could uh um you know with everything but and now it's tough obviously but yeah i try to keep up as much as i can with uh the masters so charlie chaplin i definitely had checked out because you have to i think you there's something there where even at the even if you have to be even if you're curious about how silly Ness was because he's kind of an early onset of silliness. Right. He is just, I mean, the potato, the potato routine at the table is, you know, and then uh, between Abbott and Costello, and then of course, um, uh, uh, Har- uh, Hardy and uh, sorry, Laurie and Hardy, like you, they're they're abject silly. So I, yeah, I definitely checked out some of their their stuff um, mm-hmm. to reference. I think I had fallen in comedy love with Jim Carrey just because yeah. of my age. Right. Just I've never seen anyone do anything like that and be that silly and in emoting like that. So right, yeah. He, I mean, he's amazing. So yeah. absolutely. Let me ask you this: Is there any comics along your way of your career that have give you any you know, like tremendously helped you out? Like you know, you're kind of like wow, I, I really I'm thankful that I met this guy because he really helped me along. You know. Sure, I'd say. Um, yeah, there's been um, Mike D'Alto, who uh, Mike D'Alto has been very, very helpful. A comic out of uh, um, New Hope, Pennsylvania, who's opened for uh, Todd Glass and for, um, oh God, he also, I think he opened, oh, Eddie, he opened for Eddie Pepitone, if anyone recognizes those two, you know, great comics. Um, definitely been very helpful. Even Adam, super, super helpful. But uh, yeah, I think Mike D'Alto, I would say, been super helpful. Everyone else has been like friends that I started with. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, we see each other as just classmates in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very helpful. Kind of in the, the the ways that people are helpful, it's just kind of, they've seen it so they can kind of cut to the core and just be like, don't do that ever again. And you have those real moments of like, it's a dumb thing to do. Very stupid. Don't do that. Oh, <laughs> and you go, got it. And that authority kind of carries, I feel like. Mm-hmm. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh, it was actually kind of recently. I've had a pri- it was a little recent where a buddy of mine said, like, I don't tend to a lot of my comedy isn't from like a perspective per se. I know a lot of people now, every special is like kind of your view on everything. Yeah. I've always just had lots of like silly bits. Like you wouldn't be able to pin me down mm-hmm. on things like that. And my buddy was kind of like, you know, I think you need a point of view. And I think that's always tough for me. I don't know. But that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I think I'm working on now. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I feel like people who are famous public speakers, whether they're 
comedians or whatever they are, I've always felt like, you know, people who are the most opinionated people appear to get like the most, you know, publicity or press. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether their opinion is wrong or right, but as long right. as they just voice their opinion and be really opinionated, it, it appears yeah. why are people attracted to them? I guess we're just, we somehow have this natural worship mm -hmm. within us or something that we just, you know. Societal, yeah, you know. absolutely. I, and I don't even know if opinionated, I wouldn't say opinion. I, I, I would say if, I think always people are looking for a story to tell um, or even to listen to. We love stories, especially in America, obviously. Um, excuse me. And uh, I feel like I think there's no through lines in a lot of my sets, even you know longer 15 minute sets and things like that. There's no real through line. Uh, um, other, th Let me stop. Oh, what sorry. Is a, what is a through line? Um, a lot of times I'll hop from topic to topic. Oh, so yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not uh, presenting argument of like, Hey, this is who I am. Uh, this is me growing up. This is me, you know, a narrative structure in some ways. I've always just kind of, again, if you're doing cat impressions or <laughs> just um, having some ob abject silliness, uh, I just love that off guardedness that people can go into. And I feel like it taps into something that way. But um, I, I would never want to be, I think, crazy opinionated. Like, I need gun control. Like, none of, like, that's, that's, you take those out. I, it's actually, I think, more of like um, direction and personality, I think, is what's my like biggest work now and nice, nice stories and things like that that are also physical and fun. Have you ever considered maybe not doing, you know, your own point of view, but maybe even, creating a character and you're being this uh, character on stage i have i've done it many times i had oh, a couple of characters hmm. that um i would say yeah uh kathy lynn amberlin tuckerlin was a character i would do she was a cat lady from oh. yeah i cats a lot through this thing i don't even have i don't know how many cat jokes i have i don't have that many i think now but um uh i've also uh had i've had completely um uh, sets where I've claimed that none of these jokes are mine. These are not advisable things for people to do. Yeah. I just say that as someone who has done them, I've had tons of fun and silliness. I found like sometimes though, it does kind of depend. I, I don't advise like you have to read the room and sometimes in a lot of places, silliness isn't really what people are after all the time. So it's tough. You have to go either just commit to it and be silly and go there. Mm -hmm. Um, or yeah, it's, I have other facets that I've done in crowds that are a little tougher, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it can be tough, uh, <laughs> in that aspect. Definitely. You know, I think it's cool that you do. I keep hearing cats from you. Yeah. So sorry. That's, no, that's okay. I think it's really cool that you do cats because obviously there's a certain, demographic of the population that is crazy about cats because i think it's either instagram or facebook where you can find millions and millions of pictures of cats so i mean that's almost like a certain if you did you had a whole a whole you know shtick just about cats you would have just this cat lover yeah. audience you know yeah maybe I'm, I'm thinking about bringing it back it's tough i've got to find i think uh uh the right folks to vet it that's the only thing because it's uh it's definitely a big leap and doing characters anytime there's some places it's it's just tougher than others but um definitely doing a character especially if you're at an open mic it's maybe one o'clock in the morning let's say and you're doing a character you yeah it can be tough it could be very might be you might be doing a character to cricket so now you're doing a silly voice wearing mm -hmm. a silly costume mm -hmm in front of people who are possibly not for it. You know, it gets fun. It definitely gets fun.
Have you ever considered doing stuff on YouTube? I have, you know, I haven't. I mean, we do, of course, just the weekly podcast, but, um, and I do some, some characters and things like that in there, but I haven't. And I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, that's something huge. I don't know the guy. I'm not trying, I don't get anything out of him. Yep. I have, I get nothing from this guy because I've never met him in my life. Just someone that I like to watch. And there's a guy on there. His name is Ed Bassmaster, and he's also from Philly. Oh. And he does, he Ed has about six to ten different characters he rolls through. And mm. it's kind of like situational. Yeah, check him out. Situational comedy. And he's got and he's naturally bald. So the dude has like each of these characters has wigs and stuff. And he Very has, he's, and he even blew up so big that they gave him a TV show for a while, but Usually YouTubers don't really work out when they cross over because, you know, a video is three to five minutes long and to kind of right. keep that going for a whole half an hour, you know, week yeah. after week after week, it's kind of hard to keep that sure. going. But check him out and he's very character based and he did very well and it's such a opportunity. I've, I don't understand why hmm. more if a lot of comics aren't doing it. I mean – that's yeah that's I, wide open. I, I, it's very interesting very very interesting um yeah i think like a, a lot of uh improv community in california definitely you see those are the, usually the videos of like character work that i usually see is tons in california mm -hmm. um comedy bang bang things like that like they present tons of characters that way mm -hmm. but the, yeah this is i will check them out check very, out that cool. and i think the second biggest platform is tiktok and ah, 15 yes. second videos right and it's kind of like wide open right now I'm right like, i only mostly watch dance stuff because that's i'm a musician and i want to create dance music but right i don't know how much comedy in there but i think that's another place that could be just wide open for you to blow up and what would mm. be interesting for any comedian is if you got famous on one of those platforms youtube sure. and or tiktok you would already build this audience up countrywide right. that they already know you and then if you decide to go on the road sure they've seen you right right yeah we've seen a lot of yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it's interesting i i've been i've seen tiktok i haven't i i've got to dabble more i definitely have to dabble more uh but, but you, as you said i think before we started lots of things going on you're a musician on top of that that's got to be crazy so right. yeah it can be a lot right yeah and, and from and i'm as i'm learning about tiktok on that you know, Instagram is such a, is more of a polished thing. People post their perfect mm. pictures of them beautiful sure. and models and la da 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 da. Where TikTok is kind of more of a raw thing and nobody's right. polished. It's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Very, very so, cool. Yeah, it's I like cool. that. All right, man. Well, tell yeah. me about your podcast. Yeah. You've oh, got sure. one, let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we got we got nerds with words. What do you? Sure. I mean, is that all superheroes, sci-fi, Star Trek? What do you guys talk on that podcast? We about? Uh, we are uh, nerdy each week about tons of topics. If you go on there, you'll see uh, um, comedy to board games to, uh, of course, like horror movies. I'm a big horror movie guy. Um, tons of it. it. It really does span lots of lots of genres. Mm -hmm. um, we either were talking to people who we you know, didn't know even a section of something, especially when it came to like anime and things. We kind of, Adam and I missed that whole section of our childhoods. We knew of it, but missed it. So we'd have people on and learn about it. And mm -hmm. um, 
to uh, everything, uh, even just daily, even, even the sports stuff. So we've kind of used a little bit of uh, uh, Adam's a weird nerd. You've had him on so people might know already. Mm-hmm. He both grew up with comic books and then also is a huge sports nerd. So it's kind of a now nerd is getting a little blended, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we do it all. And Nerds with Words, yep, on droptent.com. You can just go there and super great thing to find. Um, I would say that uh, our Patreon stuff is usually always movie watching and like nerdy horror. I'm digging the horror stuff. That's kind of my big mm. nerd peeve, along with comedy. Those right. are my big favorites. Yeah, but so that's it. Are you guys are are you guys kind of like Comic Con kind of dudes, or that's Ooh, kinda, I'm like, kind of a little bit of the outside. Like I said, I'm a little. He's he's definitely a Comic Con guy. He's yeah. been to Comic Con tons. He's got a ten thousand. I think it's coming up on eleven thousand dollar comic book collection. Wow. Yeah. If he, I don't know how he didn't mention that. That's like right. the first thing he says to anyone he ever talks to. Wow. It's usually the first thing he says. So just, I don't know. Yeah. This is me, my mother. This is my girlfriend. Of course, he's married already. But this is my girlfriend. Also, I have an eleven thousand dollar comic book collection. My name's Adam Nutter. So, yeah. It's um. So he's like that. I'm kind of coming in from the outside. It's just like a comedy nerd and uh, horror movies and things like that. And then we just peer into the world and I'm kind of really interested in tons of it. Um, especially when it came to, uh, we had a board game episode that blew my mind of like early seventies board games. Mm-hmm. Again, blew my mind. Um, uh, crazy amounts of stuff in there. That's just the one that sticks out to me. But um, yeah, 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 I think, I think it's, it's worth a check out. Nerds with words, you know. So if someone wants to check it out, do they, is that on YouTube or is that just, a Oh yeah, sorry. Podcast? Every platform. Every platform you can listen live. Um, what's going to be coming up every Wednesday or Sundays right now, but if we're going to be changing over, but you can just go to YouTube just like yourself. It's I think it's on Twitch now. You can go to, um, we have a Discord, uh, goes to Facebook as well. So if you put it in there, Nerds with Words, it's going to pop up anything, all the platforms. Oh, cool. When you and Adam do it, are you guys, to, since you live in Philly, are you guys like in the same room right. together? Or are you so in- we would. So I'm sitting in the studio now with mm-hmm. multiple monitors and televisions and all that kind of stuff um, in the producer chair, actually. Uh, we typically are. Right now, we are not. So yeah, we're actually all just still telecommuting from home, uh, which is kind of a bummer because we bought all this equipment. Like we have like thousands of dollars in the in this studio home and then immediately hit a pandemic. So we were like, oh, all right. So we'll just, I guess you guys could go home and use your phones. So that's kind of what happens. Oh, um, but no, it's fine. Yeah. So we might be getting back to that safely and everything like that down the road a little bit. But as of right now, yeah, just at home. Oh, that sucks. All right. For everyone I- else other than me, because I get to use the studio. <laughs> Sorry. All just right. gloating. Okay. Just gloating hey, a little yeah. bit. Hey, good for you, man. Take advantage. So what is the Magical Misery Tour about? Yeah, this one I'm excited to come back. A buddy of mine, Jesse Dram, I think if you've already guessed from the, I want to talk about it because he's planning on bringing it back. So we did like 60 episodes, um, a style, you know, a, a little different than this. I would say that our our style was we wanted to talk to people about some of the worst things that have ever happened to them mm-hmm. and not to like blind them or anything like that. Or, or to, you know, it was more of like, let's all get into a room and find the funny in a lot of the tough stuff in life. Right. And uh, so we did that and I thought it was a lot of fun, but we're changing up the format and he also has another project and things going on that is really great. But he's, as you can already tell from the name, if you don't know, it's a Beatles reference. He's already a huge, like, 
he's more of an, a, a, a photographic memory mind. He's kind of a deep, but uh, same thing. He, he's deep into music, deep into all kinds of stuff. And we just have tons of interesting people talking about very dark stuff. Cause that's the one thing we connect on. So um, you can go there now. There's 60 something episodes. We'll be bringing it back and it's tons of fun. And you yeah. can see all different types of people. I think that's a really cool idea. I really like that about you Thank know, you. when people are down and kind of, you know, finding the funny things yeah. about that when they're, you know. It gets dark. I want to just give a warning. I'm like, we talk, yeah, some very tough things. But again, it's meant to be, we try to inject the funny stuff and have right. fun with it. And right. people know that. Is it difficult to get people to open up about their dark stuff? Yes, yes, you will definitely. There's a couple of episodes where we 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 there's definitely pre talks, you know, and things like, hey man, you know, I mean, a lot of comics are very easily talking about maybe things. Sometimes they're not though, and maybe they're not just comics we have on. We've had on wrestlers, we've had on musicians, we've had on like you know, but sometimes it's not, and that's kind of all happens like now, you know, in a, in a talk. But again, like I said, we're gonna change up the format a little bit, mm -hmm. um, just play with it. But yeah, but it's still gonna have the same kind of consistency. But yes, we had some times where people were like, I don't know, man, what do you want me to talk? Do you want me to say that? Do you want me to talk about that right now? I was like, yeah, this is what it's called the misery tour. Like we're on a tour together. We're in a bus of, of terribleness that we're all riding to joy together. Yeah. Like that's what we're doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, check it out. It's, all, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, it almost could be therapeutic for the guy who's giving his that's story. That's what we're going for, Jeff. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah sometimes yes. just reliving it brings you clarity. We hope. We hope. Right. Um, uh, before this question, what do you think about this COVID jokes? Is it too early or not? Oh, I, you know what? I think it's too late. I know that the people have, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I comics, I know. I just don't, I'm sure that people will, but you better bring some smart, very smart COVID because I don't, you know, people have had so much time to either put it on Twitter or to even just, again, like you said, put it on YouTube and things like that. I, I don't know what anything is to talk I feel like the things that people are going to talk about are maybe things that happened during COVID and there'll be stories and things like that. But mm -hmm. your COVID joke better. And I think other comics have said this, like famous comics have been like, you're, come on, what are you, we're all going to go back and then do COVID jokes. Like, that's <laughs> probably not going to happen. This has been a crazy time. And I don't think anyone's going to be like, wee, like it's pretty old hat by now almost. Um, I think, well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, go for it. If you really have a crazy, awesome set about just COVID and how it, but I think everyone's going to be looking for deeper. I think that makes sense. Like deeper than just like COVID jokes. Right. Maybe it'll go. Yeah. Deeper, like loneliness or isolation <gasps> yeah. jokes with COVID or something. Yeah. Because like by now, right. We've all been living in it where I can tell you like, I got a dog during COVID and by got a dog, I mean like I got a dog dropped dropped into my lap who is like one of the most hyper ridiculous animals and um, during COVID have accidentally had to have him poop terribly on the sidewalk while people are walking by and I've got a mask on and the dog's freaking out and he's pooping and like, you know, people are like, what's happening? Does the dog have COVID? Like, it's not going to be, you know, it's just been an awful, I'm like, no, everyone's fine. I call, I have allergies. I sneeze once people think everyone's dying. So right. it's like, you know, I don't think if you're just doing straight, I think it's going to be like, we're talking about it in the context of like stories that happened during it. I think right. at least I hope. Right. You know, it's I like, I think what, we're going to make like COVID 20. Oh, where's COVID 20? You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. All right. Let me check one out here. Um, do you think that there should be a fine line in jokes that are teasing versus bullying people? 
Oh, yeah, this is a, a very good topic. Yeah, I do think there is. I think there is. I think, well, I already think that line exists. It is a fine line. That's what usually most comics would say that there is a very fine line sometimes. And usually, if comics step over the, the that line um, and bullying specifically, I haven't had the instances of that um, in my kind of, yeah, ideas of like bullying folks. Usually, if I'm addressing anyone or even outside of, like in my bits, uh, I wouldn't have it. But if usually if I have hecklers and stuff like that, I still try to act with glove hands, yeah. just little glove hands and try to easy. But yeah, there can be a very fine line. So, I mean, but I'm also of the opinion, say say it, but realize, you know, read the room, pay attention. You know, yeah. you can't, you got to fail to succeed eventually. So, I mean, do what you can, but don't ever be a bully. If you're going into a set with a bully mentality, then what's the point here? Yeah, I agree with you. It seems like there's some comics that like a lot of their act will be like, at least I know of one of them. Their 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 act is just like pointing out celebrities and you know saying, "Oh, did you see so and so?" And oh, you know, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like more topical, definitely yeah. just topical references and hitting that. I mean, there's people. There's always like exceptions to the rule, in my opinion. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Gee, again, all like uh, crowd work artists and people that are just doing Todd Berry did an entire crowd work, mm-hmm. you know, set. Mm-hmm. So these are exempt exceptions to the rule right. about that. Now he's talking with people, not bullying them, but definitely there's moments where he's giving rough, like rough shot and messing around and they know he's messing. I think it's, it's gotta be a conversation. It's gotta be that two way street. I think. Right. Yeah. Do you mind sharing, you know, like one of your worst experiences and, and you know, how you oh. got, how you get out of it? Like if you're just, it's not working yeah. on stage and how do you get out you know I mean, how do you rebound from that yeah 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 rebound i think the word i've there's been uh, we used to there was a buddy of mine who was on stage and someone he wasn't doing well and i was up next and there was someone in the audience who had was very clever oh the smartest of the smartest and they downloaded a cricket app and by that i mean just a cricket sound yes exactly <laughs> wow and they played it during his set. <laughs> well, they just, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They, very. He just, he just came prepared to just cause trouble, man. Yeah, yeah. Again, just he, <laughs> he came in, just wanted to have some fun, and um, and it didn't go well. And they played it. Now I got up, and luckily, like knew I'd been around. I could do crowd work a little bit better than and kind of address the person, and then talk with them a little bit. And we kind of had a back and forth. And again, like I said, two way street. You're making fun of me. I'm making. You know, we kind of have this dialogue of of that i said she was you know uh happened to be a young lady but i was like oh man you're just like me at home you're like one of my sisters this is exactly what my sister would do to me you know and then you make camaraderie and you kind of you know you try to rebound back um but other than like that bladen i've also had just yeah i mean belligerent drunks and never good uh always bad it's usually drunkies it's It's usually drunkies yeah that's usually the comedy 101 it's usually like yeah you gotta deal with drunks that's usually Uh, how that goes have you ever seen it get to the point where the actual venue gets upset with the drunks because they're like ruining it for everybody and they just throw them out sure Definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's actually more, I think even in the professional comedy clubs that I've been to and seen all the comedy shows I've been to, it, it can happen more than you think it would. But I mean, it's fairly easy. And I would say that the clubs, especially in Philadelphia, um, are 
very on their guard. So they will meet, you know, they will be like, Hey, you're definitely disrupting. Get out of here. So that's just, yeah, they're, they're pretty on their guard. If you're in a club now, even if you're at a bar and stuff like that, sometimes the bar is not paying attention and, or something like that. It's a show that's managed or not being managed at the moment. And, um, you know, you're just having to deal with it. And then you kind of have to just make sure that you're good enough to have the crowd on your side and that they basically, you know, crowd wins and just like, all right, this drunk person's got to leave and you boo them out of there. It's the real primal monkey. You know, this is like Jane Goodall stuff. Right. You know what I mean? When the, the collective builds and we're all like, woo, 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 <laughs> and we just like scoot them out, you know? So, I would say that, yeah, that's usually what it comes down to. And you'll see audiences like, why is this guy? Oh, he's hammered. Okay, that's fine. Or, you know, yeah. somebody being hammered. Um, always fun. <laughs> always fun, Jeff Fire. Yeah, definitely. Jeff. It was funny. It just came back to me. I, I love like even like old school Steve Martin. and Oh, definitely. And I remember someone was heckling him and he just had a line like, yeah, I remember when I had my first beer. Sure. Right, right, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to throw that. Yeah, sometimes you're just, you're confused about how someone is that drunk in public. Yeah. Uh, and you're just, you're, and again, I even at that point, you just kind of let them talk and let them just like make themselves be a fool. And then the crowd goes, get out of here. And then you're done. That's right. some, a lot of times it's that. Right. It's really the majority of it, right. to be honest. Where do you think is the toughest places to, you know, perform at as a comic? Would you think it's New York Ooh. City or is, is there a certain like city like these? I don't know if there's just the site. You know, these type of, oh, the people in, the people in Newark, man, they're just a rough crowd. Or you know, I don't, I wouldn't answer that. If I was trying to answer that question, I would say if you've ever seen anyone who ever wants to see a tough, tough crowd is Bill Burr. In Philadelphia, I think at the Tweeters or Susquehanna Center, um, which is actually in Camden, but it's right across the water. I think if that's where he's at. I'm not saying Philly definitely has the worst. It's not. I, I do feel though there are scenarios in which any crowd can just become the worst people you've ever seen. I've been to Chicago to do comedy. I've seen just the friendliest folks, you know. But I'm sure also that tons of people have been like, Oh, it was, there were monsters in the crowd that night. People were just yelling F you at us for no reason. So, um, I, I really don't, but if you ever look at the, the online clip of Bill Burr in Philadelphia, it was just a, it was a, it was like a completely hammered crowd that, that for somehow comedy was being performed in front of them. Oh, like a music venue. Um, I'm not, and which isn't really great for lots of big comedy. If you ever look at that clip, look it up anyone. And you'll be like, what is happening? Um, and then he makes people laugh and he pulled it out and very rare, (laughs) but it does happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if the words, you're not gonna be able to get me on the words. I would say that there's differences. I would definitely see differences performing in New York and things like that. Again, sometimes I feel like on the East coast, maybe you're not as prone to silliness in some way, maybe in the Northeast to be specific. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going into a crowd, a lot of times, um, this is a, yeah, little sharper a little harsher a little more aggressive i mean this isn't anything new right new york how you doing yeah yeah, go f yourself you know we all know the stereotypes but in some ways it can be true so uh that's why i'm not too keen on breaking out the cat jokes just yet in some of those crowds (laughs) so yeah i might start a little different (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny uh let's see here um um, i know that you said your style is kind of in between jim carrey and rodney dangerfield Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy, he said in the beginning he was just being Richard Pryor until he figured right. out who he was. Is there anybody do sure. you feel like you kind of emulate as you're kind of oh, working boy. through it? 
Yeah, I don't even know if I would say my style. I would say that those two guys like are two people that I looked up to in both comedy styles. The writing basis for, um, uh, uh, yeah, um, and then uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, and then I, I would say the writing basis for uh, Dangerfield, and then of course what Jim Carrey did physically. Um, I just admire them and wanted it, but I. Early on, I was definitely pulling for Jim Carrey. I mean, definitely the first year and things like that. I was writing all my own stuff. I would never, uh, but because um, now it's yeah. When you reference that thing for Eddie Murphy, he uh, that was a time when you could do that. I know I've ran into people that still um, think that's what comedy can be, but uh, he was of a time where yeah, people used to just emulate a, a person on stage, and that was passed as like, oh wow, this person is doing like an act, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like that anymore. I, if you do that now, people are like, you're just stealing jokes. You're just doing like in terms of you're stealing the exact jokes because he, he was just doing prior, right? He was just like, uh, um, now he wasn't silly jokes. I think he, he was doing it in the vein of like prior as a character. Um, I would probably say though, early on, it was definitely like anything to get a laugh, you know, silliness with like Jim Carrey being kind of like someone I looked up to about it and trying to be silly um with anything physical stuff um and, and that kind of stuff it's kind of plateaued over the years i would say because i saw so many other cool people so i would say that that's kind of where it changes but um it, it definitely depends your influences just happen i feel like in comedy it's tough mm-hmm. uh i don't know how it is for music um again just in the small amounts of industry, but I, I would say yeah jim carrey definitely mm. if i had to do you think that it's possible that just by watching somebody enough that unconsciously some of yes. your jokes are like somebody else's? Yeah, it's not a it's, it's comic um, comics get worried about this. I mean, obviously, there's a certain point where if you're like directly stealing from someone, but like sometimes you'll meet some even a friend. Like I have friends who met each other and they just all of a sudden hit it off in terms of comedy, and before you know it, they're emulating each other. Oh. So it's it's a thing of just like it's. I, I, for, I hate to say it, I, I spent a lot of uh, college and stuff like that looking into like sociology and, and things. And we forget how much like our mammalian, like, you know, primal brain is mimicking so much of the world around us. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not even your fault most of the time. A lot right. of times we don't, we forget the micro interactions of talking with someone. You might just change your voice. I think Dave Chappelle says it and forgets uh, very early on in one bit. He says, have you ever, you know, talk to somebody and uh, they make you fake. He says it in terms of fake. He's like, you know, he's like, Hey, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Like you immediately high, you're high in your voice. He, he's also talking about, yeah, like the manipulation or, or even well, manipulation or um, sociological response that happens just in talking. So that's going to happen, but it also just like, let it roll over you. I think especially early on, just like, okay, whatever's coming out is coming out. Let's just, just write your own jokes and just let your influences just happen. I would say. Right. Do you feel like there are too many comics? Is that possible? <laughs> like, man, everybody's a comic now. It's a worry thing. Yeah, I, I would say I'm definitely worried about it a little. Um, but I mean, again, what are you going to do? It's not like, right. it's not right. Like, it's kind of like everyone's trying to be in. And I, I feel like I've just like writing. And if you like writing it and you like doing it and making people laugh, then go for it. Um, but I think think there was a there, there the comedy bible is something i looked at early on and um it does make you sign a uh, a uh, early on in the book to say that if you're not getting happiness from this or if like you're not seeing that you're making crowds happiness from that that you will quit and oh, i 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very, cause it's an old mentality of like a working kind of like, Oh, you're doing this for work and you want to do this and something you like to do, but you also are kind of coming at it from a professional standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of think that people should always keep that in mind. It's like, Hey, you know, maybe it's just writing. Maybe it's just this for you. Maybe that's, uh, you know, it's fine. Um, but, uh, don't be scared if it becomes something else. Right. So, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that. I mean, for me, people who are listening may not know, but I do YouTube full time and I spend a hell of a lot of hours, whether I'm shooting a hell of a lot of hours editing, but I really enjoy it. Right. So I put a lot of time yeah. in it. I think anything, you're going to have to enjoy it if you're going to just put a ton of time in it. And if people ask me, hey, ask me tips about YouTube. And I'm saying, my general thing is like, you know, you really got to like it before you're even going to make money because you're going to make spend a lot of time and you're not going to make money. Oh, sure. A lot of time. So. I'm wondering if that's the same thing with comics. Yes. There are a lot of guys in there that just are that really love it, or they just think they're just trying to get rich, or you know, trying to make cash out of it. A quick buck, or you know, or- a quick buck is. I mean, I don't even understand how that would work. Yeah, a quick buck is very interesting in terms of a premise for comedy. Um, I feel like also we've had YouTube folks get big and then become kind of stand-up comedians in some ways. Um, I you know I can't speak to that obviously, but uh. I would say that you're going to have to like, I feel like some people get addicted to the attention is the problem that I think we have uh, in the biggest, I mean, a problem that is just, you're never going to change it. It's not going to ever, there's nothing I'm saying like, Oh, you shouldn't, you know, do anything. It's just more of like, it's a very attention grabbing thing and people want to do it and it can be just addictive. But at the same time, if you're not, making a crowd happy and you're just doing that all the time. And for a year, I would say if you're doing that for a year, you don't get any good jokes or you think, or, or you can't be positive that those jokes work with a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And it seems like some people hate your guts when you say those jokes, then you probably aren't barking up the right tree. I would say, I mean, that's just, again, like a kind of a guide, but like, we're just kind of an idea. Cause that's the same way I think it's like, if I go in front of, crowds for a year and I'm not getting anything. We need to reorganize my entire life. Like, you know what I mean? That's fair enough, I think. Um, So yeah, you will get something out of it and you have to get it. If you don't like the writing and you don't like just the idea of making people laugh, then I, I, if you go into comedy for money, you're, I don't even, that's crazy. That's like going to India for like, you know, Thai food, like, or not Thai food. What? That doesn't make any sense. But um, for, uh, for Indian food, like, it's just like, right. you've gone so far out of your way. Right. It just makes no sense. Uh, right. Yeah. But good for you. If you do make money in the first year, that's awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. That would be interesting if someone had an act where on, you know, I wonder if anybody, you know, it's interesting how you talk about they're seeking attention. And I wonder if you're I'll go a whole year and you're just, you know, it's not working out and you're not funny at some point you would think that you being on stage and looking at all these people and nobody laughing, you know, the average person would be like, man, I suck. I'm, this is horrible. I don't want to keep doing this, but maybe there's some people that would be even the negative attention would be interesting for them or it would be even kind of a weird act of someone would be just on purpose uh, exactly. every time and just suck just because he loved it when people yes. were angry. <laughs> Javari, you are you are clicking into what some people call comedy. Yes, there is. I don't, and we don't need to section even people out. It's just like there are some inches in any tiny bit of, if not even realizing that some someone on stage is, if they're trying to be funny and failing and failing, and then before you know it, they're failing. But people are even just laughing at the idea of them failing. They might consider that laughs. <laughs> 
which is a problem. Those are, those are, and again, you, you know, you have a blend of what makes up someone wanting to do this. Um, really, uh, you know, again, narcissistic tendencies. And I would say, again, I'm someone who, of course I'm seeking attention. Like I understand it, but overall, I also read, like when I read that young, like early on and listen to other comics, like if you're not funny and just bow off to the side, like get some, some, you just need to go, you need to go off to the side and maybe you write for a long time and try it out slowly. And you know, you make it into more of a hobby rather than something you're pursuing full time, you know? Right. Right. I would recommend. Yeah. That's very interesting. All right, man. So do you have any other new projects that you're working on you want people to know oh, about? Oh, man. I mean, uh, I've basically helped build, again, the Drop Tent uh, Media Network. Um, that whole site and uh, videos, I've helped one way, shape, or form uh, with either the artwork on, you know, the for the podcasts or even uh, editing and stuff like that. So you can check out tons of stuff on there. Um, I am Nellwood.com. You can always check out that. Uh, let yeah. me backtrack. What oh, sorry. is what is the Drop Tent Media Network? Yeah. What do you do on that network? Really simple. We just it was a bunch of creatives, most of them comics, but even some who who are not who are podcasters, uh, like Jive Turkeys, who are actually are in Florida, who just um, we just all got together and we were like, hey, we're just we're we're opening a studio, which I'm now sitting in, mm-hmm. and we're also want to do sketches and uh, any type of creative work and also live shows and things like that. So up until this point, we were doing live shows at the Pop-In, which is a very cool kind of history bar, uh, um, big old big old room there. We had a, a great headliner um, come on through uh, not too long ago, but uh, now that's all washed up. But yeah, so we were doing live shows and all that kind of cool stuff. And but uh, we do we do it all. But it's just uh, so you'll find all the podcasts on the network. You'll go and you'll check out the camp. That's where we're just we're kind of camping out there in the wilderness, and you can check out all the different types of podcasts that we have. And we're just all trying to get together and share ideas and fun. That's about it. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, so we know if we want to find you, one way is just you could probably just Google nerds with words and we're gonna find you somewhere. If we don't have that, what are other ways to find you online? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Dropsant.com. Uh, slash NWW is an easy way to find that podcast and everything else mm-hmm. uh, along with IamNeilWood.com. I am find all the stuff there. All yeah. right, cool, man. Cool, man. All right. Before we wrap it up here, you got one last message you would like to leave the audience with. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, you kind of hit on it there. Hey, try stand up. <laughs> try stand up. It's fun. It's also a great team building thing. People do it all the time for uh, building their confidence and building, um, you know, their, their speaking skills in front of people and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but also bow out gracefully. <laughs> if you want, if you find it's not bringing the audience and you pleasure, or maybe just you pleasure and not the audience, maybe bow out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. No, That'd be my cool, message. Man. No, I like that. All right, everybody. Um, and all right, Neil, thank you very much, man, for hanging out with me. I appreciate your time. I wish you massive you. success with your comedy career as well it. as your podcast and anything new you're into, man. I wish you the best. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Thanks, bye. Cheers. <laughs>